baseball and everything else that's going on. Chelsea Janes, who writes for the Washington Post, national MLB writer, joins us right now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Hi, you're, Chelsea. You're in Florida now or Arizona? Florida, right? I'm in Florida right now, yes. All right. Have you done the Arizona circuit or is that in the future? I did. I did a, a quick run through a week ago and I may be going back. Uh-oh. I don't know. I think the weather's better in Arizona. It's more conducive for baseball. I'm just saying. I think it just it's far it, less humid for sure. I can tell you that from firsthand experience at this moment. <laughs> did you hit the Guardians or is that on the second second way through? I think it'll be a second trip. Uh, but it's not to say that I don't prioritize them fully at all times. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It sounds like you're at the ballpark right now. I hear that great band playing in the background. Hey, I am. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hopefully it's not too loud yet. No, no worries. I want to ask you about a tweet you had earlier this morning about Major League Baseball making more hires to their local media department getting ready for post-RSN times. Um, what does that mean, and what does that mean for fans that are getting ready to watch Major League Baseball as we see this uh, deterioration of regional sports baseball through what, what the Bally Sports Networks are right now as they deal with their financial difficulties? Yeah, I think I think Major League Baseball is sort of increasingly aware um, – and they say they have been for a while, but, it, you know, these hires are, are coming very close to the season. Um, you know, they're, they're aware that the Valley Sports Networks, which I think are, you know, have 14 teams, um, are, are close to bankruptcy, may not be able to broadcast games or pay the rights to they owe by the time the season rolls around. My understanding is that AT&T Sports, which has a handful of other teams, including Houston and others, uh, is in the same boat. Um, so I think what Major League Baseball is seeing is a chance to get back some of the rights that they have sort of sold out for these teams and maybe collect them at least on the digital side. Maybe you still distribute the cable, but they'll hold on to the streaming rights, I think, in the best case scenario and try to put a package together where they can broadcast the games themselves. They, you know, control where they're distributed. And and I think the goal of that would be to do some kind of streaming package and, and get rid of all the blackouts that everyone hates so much. Chelsea, do you think that's a a profitable maneuver for Major League Baseball. Obviously, the regional sports network uh, plan isn't going very well right now because of the rights fees or everything. Throw in everything else that's going on. It hasn't worked for the regional sports networks, apparently. Do you think Major League Baseball can make that sing and make money on it? I think so. I think in the short term, it's going to feel and probably will actually be, you know, a bit of a financial loss on the whole. I mean, the, the only teams doing really well from their RSNs are Yankees, Red Sox, you know, Dodgers, everybody you'd expect in the, in the big, big markets. And other than that, I think, you know, a lot of these, these networks are, are in trouble. I mean, I didn't even mention, you know, the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network in D.C. And, and Baltimore is falling apart, too. So I think ultimately Major League Baseball probably needed to sort of get a, get a hold of all this and, and create some sort of easier-to-access streaming thing where, where you could get it in local markets where you wouldn't be worried about blackouts, where they could control the revenue and sort of send it right to teams. Um, but I, you know, I think it's happening a little bit quicker than they might have wanted, which is going to mean maybe a little bit of financial hurt in the, in the short term. But I think ultimately getting out ahead of this as much as they can, you know, maybe being the first league to put together this kind of streaming package, I think it's a, in the long term is, is going to be something they're really glad they did. So I, I, I just kind of put in perspective for fans because, I mean, we could talk about all the stuff that's going on in the background, What's it going to mean for fans? I think it's going to make things easier. You know, I think there's a lot of people right now who don't have cable. I think, you know, we've, we've seen the struggles for those that do when games get blacked out. And so by and large, you know, 
I think it's going to make it easier for people to sort of buy what they want, buy access to their local team's games and, and not have to worry about sort of paying for the cable if they don't use it or whatever. It's just sort of another streaming thing you can opt into. And I think, you know, the way the system was, it, it really made it difficult for everyone in every market to just say, I want to watch my baseball team and, and I'm going to do it and I'm going to pay for the, just that. And so I think this, it, it might be a little bit clunky at first, but I think the goal is to really streamline that and say, you want to watch this team, pay this package, go to MLB.com, and, and there it'll be, which which I think for a lot of people is going to be way easier than, than what they've had to navigate. Chelsea Janes joining us from the Washington Post, national baseball writer. The reaction from folks in Major League Baseball to the pitch clock so far has been what in your estimation? I think very positive. Um, I think almost universally positive here. Um, you know, just being around, I I think we expected some consternation from the veterans, people that have been around forever. And even that, I think, has been less than, than MLB was bracing for. I think everyone sees it in action. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's better. It is a, it's a quicker game. There's so much less downtime. I don't know if you've seen people putting the side-by-sides of at-bats from last year with, with spring training at-bats, and you're just like, why did we sit there, you know, and, and – and do that. Um, and I know, you know, there's people who say it's too fast and, and it's changed the game too much. I think that'll go away. I think the game will feel very normal with, the, you know, by the time we get to May. But by and large, I think everyone's really happy and they had high expectations for it. I think they really thought it was going to change the game for the better. And so far they have not, you know, they being executives in MLB and others, I don't think they've been disappointed. Do you, I mean, have you heard any of the players just like, I hate this. I can't stand this. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, here and there, um, but I think, you know, one of the things that you always hear from players is like, just tell us the rules and we'll figure it out. And that's right. what's happening. They, they might not like it, but they're going to figure it out. And, you know, the story that I tell is when Max Scherzer, who I covered in D.C., um, you know, he's, he's on the bargaining committee. He sort of knew this was coming, and, and he was livid last year this time. I mean, he just could not believe that this was on the table, you know, totally against the pitch clock. Couldn't believe Major League Baseball was going to, you know, shove this down their throats, as he said. And this spring, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to use it to my advantage. I figured it out. You know, and it's like, I think that's most of them. It's like, okay, let me get used to this. Let me figure out how to sort of exploit it for my own purposes, and then we'll all be fine again. Who do you think has an advantage, if, if anybody does? Is it the pitcher? You know, like Scherzer figuring things out, or, or is it the hitter? So I haven't seen how this is borne out yet. But in, in my opinion, I think there are going to be a lot of hitters who have to adjust more than the pitchers do. I think the in-between pitch routines of especially some of the really proven guys, Machado, Harper, I mean, Votto, you can go down the list. Uh, they're really well-established, and they have made millions of dollars doing them. And to say all of a sudden, no, you don't have time to do that. Get back in the box. I think that's going to take a little bit of adjustment and, and give them a little bit less time to like mentally prepare. They'll be mentally prepared, but if they don't think they are, that's when they're going to get into trouble. And so I think it's just going to be an adjustment for some of the established guys. But even so far, I mean, we, we really haven't seen anybody have a big issue when everybody seems to be hitting the ball fine. So if, if that is a problem and the pitchers find ways to sort of play mind games, great. But, you know, again, I think it'll it'll sort of be a, a, a neutral thing by, by midsummer. Yeah, I think one of the things that we've talked about here, and we hope that it's beneficial to the Guardians, is – if you've got a team that isn't necessarily a home run bashing team, although Josh Bell did a nice job the other day, but if you uh, if you have a team that's built with the need for speed and bigger bases and you know regulations about how many times you can throw over to a base, 
you would think that the Guardians might be one of those teams that can benefit from these rule changes and and have maybe already planned for this in the future by the way they've built their roster. Can you see it that way, or do you see an advantage for teams that don't always have to hit the home run to get a win that maybe you know back to small ball baseball might be a good thing for teams to take advantage of some of these rule changes? I think it's a, yeah, I definitely think they have an advantage for many reasons. I mean, one of them being exactly what you said, which is they, they're just going to put the ball in play and run around and, and every rule change helps that. Um, you know, I, I talked to Trey Turner the other day about, you know, is, is this actually going to lead to more stolen bases? Do the bigger bases matter? Does the pickoff thing matter? And he said, you know, one thing it does is it just reduces wear and tear. You know, they, they, your guys on the Guardians who are sort of aggressive base runners aren't going to be diving back as much. They're going to sort of have, you know, just like a little more bounce in their step, which is something I hadn't thought of. So in, in many ways, I think it benefits teams that play aggressively. And then I think the, the other thing for Cleveland is they're young, and these aren't new to a lot of guys on that roster you know, who played under these rules in the minors. I think teams with younger pitching staff and younger lineups are just going to adjust far more quickly. And, you know, I think they, in many ways they qualify. Chelsea, I, I've, I've hit up a bunch of folks with this thought, and I, I keep looking, and I can't wait to see what happens. Does some manager do something really screwy and come up with a different kind of shift? Or do they just all say, okay, well, fine. We'll just keep our guys where they're supposed to be. 100% somebody's going to do something weird. And I'd put a lot of money on it being like Buck Walter or somebody like that. But somebody's going to do something weird and try to be too smart. And, and maybe they'll be right. But uh, I, I too have been waiting to see somebody do something very strange. And it's got to be a roster with, with guys that buy in and, and a manager that is known to kind of tinker. So, I don't think it'll be that common, but it's going to happen. If you, you know, that's that's baseball. If you're bending the rules and yeah, and trying to kind of figure everything out for your advantage. What do you think it's most likely to be? Moving moving outfielders completely out of their you know, predetermined spot, or what? Maybe that's that's something I thought of. I think it'll be really interesting to watch how much they police guys just taking off on the pitch. Like if you have a shortstop and you want him to be in short right field, or whatever it is, like, do you just say run, you know, and, and then what, um, cause technically they're kind of not really supposed to do that, but it's right. kind of tough to enforce. So it may be something as small as that, but yeah, I'm eager to see if people get courageous with their outfielders, but I also think it takes like one ball hit where you move the guy to end that experiment very quickly. <laughs> um, no way the guardians take anybody by surprise this year, right? I, I can't imagine that uh, teams have to adjust for them knowing what they were able to do last year. Because I, I think we were all surprised by what they were able to do last year. I just think going into this season, no one's going to be caught off guard by what guys can do on this team. Is that a fair statement? I think that's true. And I think the, the, they don't need people to be caught, caught off guard either, though. You know, that mm-hmm. the style of baseball they played was so clear so early last year, and it was still so different. And I think that'll still be true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they – the pitching staff, everybody, you know, you kind of know what you're getting now. And, and adding Josh Bell there, uh, it's just pure addition. You know, it's like a pure addition of power that they didn't have. And I think in a lot of ways, they're, they, you could argue they're better. And that's, yeah, they, they were great. They're not sneaking up on anybody. But I also don't think it's, you know, going to change their experience dramatically just because they're in a weak division. And, and the way they play is, is so effective and, and I think unique right now. Chelsea, does this – Tell me what this means long-term for Major League Baseball. Uh, Manny Machado gets a new deal. All right, he had a deal, able to get out of it, gets a new deal. 11 years, $350 million, and it expires when he turns 41. 
What what does all that mean for Major League Baseball? It just to me it just seems like an, an absolute nightmare financially. But then again, can it be if these teams are handing out these contracts? I don't know. Like I, you know, I think we always expect that these, you know, especially the last year or so, the deals we've seen, you, you look at them, especially the Padres, and say, this can't be sustained. Like this is a lot right. of money. Right. You're stuck. And I think one thing I've heard, you know, the last few weeks that surprised me is is people being like, no, nah, it's a pretty reasonable deal. Like they're still tradable. I'm like, they're tradable. Like, but I think at this price point, if you look at the money, like. It's not crazy average annual value for a superstar. It's kind of the running rate. You're, you know, I, you know. I think people look at those deals, especially in the big markets, and think, okay, I mean, that's the going rate now. And um, you obviously have to bet on the right guy. You know, I think giving 300 to, to Trey Turner, for example, is a really safe bet because that's a guy you know is going to be interested for all 11 years. Is Manny Machado? You know, I don't know. He he sometimes is, you know, kind of lapsed in that way. But I think, you know that's always been true. You've got to bet on the right guys. You know, I think that the consensus among teams that can spend is like, those are not contracts that are going to ruin them. And that's kind of crazy to think about. Sure is. Chelsea. Awesome stuff. Always appreciate talking to you. Hopefully we talk to you soon in the near future. Thanks Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Chelsea Jane's from the Washington post. She joined us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline.